Before we get started with the show today, I want to let everyone know about our new merchandise store available at www.messystudiopodcast.com. There you can find uh, hats, t-shirts, leggings. Um, We got some really cool stuff there for you guys. Everything you buy uh, helps to support the show, um, and uh, it's a great conversation piece. You can let other people know about the podcast. Um, be able to recognize each other in public when you meet another fan. So uh, go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and check out the merch store. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about dealing with rejection. We've all been there many times, suffering through rejections, both major and minor. Like the cycle of ebbs and flows that we talked about in episode 94, rejection in various forms is part of an art career that we have to deal with on a regular basis. How can we stay positive and motivated when we're being told we didn't make the cut? What does rejection really mean in the big picture of our lives as artists? With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Rejection. We're, we picked a nice depressing topic, but it, yeah. but it is one. We we all deal with this. We all do. And there's kind of common wisdom in the in the entrepreneurial world or the success oriented world that if you haven't suffered a lot of rejections, you haven't been trying hard enough or aiming high enough in what you're going for because it comes with the territory. Um, when you when you aim high, you're going to get shot down once in a while. And so I'd like to start with kind of what does the question of rejection really mean in the big picture, as opposed to just looking at it as a bad thing, which is so easy to do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, when you're in the moment, it's kind of hard to view it as anything else. (laughs) Yeah, right. Find that silver lining. (laughs) Unfortunately, this conversation is probably going to be full of cliches. (laughs) Cliches have have a reason, though, and I'll try not to cite them, but... You know, the the kind of common knowledge or cliches about failure and rejection, uh, they do contain meaning because it's something so common that we experience and people find little ways of saying these kind of boosting up things in, in cliched form. But it's there's truth to this. And there really are positive aspects of rejection that show that you're aiming for something higher and further than where you are right now. There are signs of ambition. There are signs of intention. They say, um, I intend to grow my career and gain more audience for my work and improve my work. If you didn't intend those things or aim for those things, you wouldn't even be reaching out this way. And so that's that's a really important thing to recognize, I think, and, and be proud of yourself because you are aiming for things. And I like to think of it as part of a process. Rejection is part of a process of finding your path. You're going to make some false starts. You're going to have some dead ends. You're going to have some doors closed in your face. Um, and you have to try a lot of things to find out what works for you. And it's it really is just part of that process of finding your way through. And anybody in the entrepreneurial world or the art world has had that happen. Right. And, yeah. And, and personal rejection and... Uh, rejection in in your business are very very closely related. They feel much the same, right? And uh, I I think that you know anyone who's ha- who's in a successful relationship has been shot down in the past, yeah. And 
if if you go through life just avoiding rejection, then you miss out on the stuff that's that's really great about life, too. Yeah. And I think that it's the same thing when you're dealing with your career. Um, you can definitely play it safe. You can avoid rejection. You can only go and pursue those those paths where you know that you're going to be successful. Um, and and if if that's the case, then you're probably not going to end up making a whole lot out of it. Yeah. And it's you're running the same risk that you would in avoiding personal relationships, hmm. um, in ending up alone, in ending up with a a failed career. Because you weren't really willing to take the risk on something that was yeah. a little bit more meaningful for you. And I, I think one of the ways of looking at this is to look back at what you have weathered. You have weathered uh, personal rejection. You have weathered rejection, business failure, all these things. And it makes you, you know, like, okay, I can do this. I can do, I, I'm kind of getting the hang of this. So, <laughs> And you can also view those those past rejections as leading to further successes yeah um where it matters definitely and i i'm yeah i have some thoughts later on about how the whole thing is so unpredictable so uh and again related to that great cliche of what one door closes another opens but we'll get to that in a minute so uh i i think a good thing about rejection in the big picture is that it opens you up because well so we were just talking about something has ended. You were focused on a particular thing, a particular acceptance to a gallery or a grant or some other opportunity, and then it's not there anymore. And it it makes you think of other ways that you might achieve the same goal. And it makes you think of consciously focusing your your energy in a different direction for a new idea or solution. And um, now they're you know, you were you did have this laser focus, perhaps, but now your your mind can be free to to roam to explore other ideas. Um, sometimes you recognize too that a rejection is not very personal, even though, as you say, it's your stuff, it's your artwork, it feels personal. Um, but let's say um, something you're rejected by a gallery, and it really is because the gallery isn't taking anyone on. Well, that's not personal. Or uh, your work is great, but the person who's curating this show says it doesn't fit with the idea. You know, there's all kinds of things that uh, unspoken criteria for a grant, say, that you're not even aware of, but the people awarding the grant certainly are and you don't fit it. And sometimes you don't know that that there is this very impersonal aspect to it. And so you're inclined to take it personally. But but really to consider that it may not be actually about what you're doing at all. That's a possibility. You probably don't know it. You may be able to infer it later on, seeing the results of who was, who who did receive what you were after. Um, this can happen. Um, but it can be true a lot of times. And you don't really know that. Um, it can also be impersonal in the sense that there are maybe hundreds of people trying for the same show or the same award or something. And uh, you can be disappointed when you don't get it, but you usually don't have that real devastation like, oh, well, what were my chances anyway? <laughs> you know, it's kind of a healthy attitude because if you, if you really set yourself up every time that this is going to happen and yet the competition is huge and you know it, um, it's good to be realistic about that, I think. Um, so, but, but there's sometimes they really are personal, <laughs> these rejections, uh, especially like, 
oh, I don't know, maybe a gallery has shown some interest in your work and you say, oh, they like it, you know, let's let's go after this. And, and it, things go on that way for a little while and you're sending them pictures and you're sending them prices and everything. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, no, that's not happening. And you feel like, well, they really did look at me. They really did consider me. And then they said, no. I mean, I speak from personal experience here. <laughs> And then he's, you're kind of like, what? Like, were they leading me on? What was that all about? Did I say or do or show them something that made them shut down? And, th- you know, these are the kind of situations where you can get caught up in your own ponderings and worries about the situation rather than something very impersonal, like you weren't selected for something that was a lot of other people involved. Um, maybe sometimes a friend recommended you to a gallery. And you feel like, oh, I had that personal connection, and then nothing ever comes of it. Or maybe you wanted some art-related job somewhere where you have some personal connection in a gallery or something, and there's no follow-up. And so you, yeah, those are those are a little bit harder. Um, but you can also maybe take advantage of those personal connections and say, okay, that gallery really did look at my work. They really did think about me seriously. And if you can bring yourself to do it, <laughs> which is hard, say, well, what what was it that made you change your mind or what made you decide that this wasn't going to work? I'd like to know. Maybe that could help me somehow. And it, it, that's a tough step to take. Right. And it's very difficult for that gallery owner to actually be honest with you about that because they want to consider your feelings but yeah. in some respect your feelings are less important than than the real information that you need in yeah. order to to make it work next and time. And it, it might be better done in an email actually where they could they wouldn't be put on the spot. Right. Maybe say, you know, if you have any thoughts about this I'd appreciate hearing them and I'm open to suggestion or something so that they know you're not fighting with them about it. You just would like to know. And and it's something where you you need to have a your attitude with that needs to not get defensive. Oh yeah, because it's yeah. that's always the temptation when somebody is giving you some some real criticism about mm-hmm. your work or how you're going about selling it or how you're mm-hmm. going about interacting with with your your representatives in this case the yeah. the gallery owner, um and uh, and that's just something that. We all have that tendency to get defensive about our own actions, and yeah. you need to be able to take a step back, look at it objectively. Say, you could even say in your email, I'm not going to argue back, just tell me. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes, though, what they tell you might might not really be that personal. It might be, um, in my own situation, uh, I was dealing with a gallery where I was just a little bit too far out of their geographic area. Right. And I think they were considering me pretty seriously, but in the end they thought, no, we're trying to limit, we really are trying to stick to this particular area. Uh, at least they never said that specifically. And I'm I'm preferring to think that it was that instead of they didn't like my work. <laughs> but I knew that entered the conversation when they were talking to me. They're like, well, we like to be able to drop in on somebody's studio or whatever, and you're pretty far away. And so... It could be something like that in the end. or we, A lot of times they decide that your work is too close to another artist's work that they're already representing. May not be something that you can see yourself. I mean, this is another common experience that artists have. They say, well, we, we really like your work, but it looks too much like so-and-so's in the gallery. And you might look at that person's work and say, really? <laughs> I don't see that. But the gallery always has the perspective of their person that walks through the door who may or may not have the 
a very refined um, sense of differences in right. work. You know, you may be using similar colors or something. And and they have their sales strategy. They, they may be thinking we want to have a whole lot of options in this particular niche, or they may be thinking we want to have a broader palette for people to choose from so that we can attract yeah. a wider range of buyers. Um, and they, they know their market. They know what they're doing. That's yeah. their job. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess there, there may very well be impersonal aspects to something that feels very personal. So uh, another point for the big picture is um, – that we often focus on something that we believe is important to our careers or to our validation as an artist. And, uh, you know, kind of touched on this earlier. We're, we're pretty sure we know what's best. We, we know what we want. This is the next thing I'm going for. But in fact, in the big picture, our careers and our work take a lot of twists and turns. And we really cannot actually see the repercussions of a rejection when it happens. Um and we we can see it in negative terms, but we don't really know what's happening uh, as a result of that. What's the effect of that? And an example um, is: say you're you're wanting to publish a book, and uh, you're rejected by the one publisher that you thought was absolutely right for this book. This was going to be the key to getting this book out there, et cetera. And you get rejected, and they say, "Well, we don't want your book." And then later on, maybe you decide to self-publish that book the same book. And you realize, oh, you know, actually, I have a lot more creative freedom through self-publishing. Um, and the profits are all coming to me. <laughs> I'm not sharing them with the publisher. And I'm having this better result, maybe, as a re as because I didn't take that route with the publisher. And you don't see that in, in the beginning. You're, you're thinking you're so focused on this is this is what's going to be happening. And we're, we're clueless, and we might as well admit that. <laughs> like, what's next? Uh, so I, I say in the big picture, rejections are not roadblocks or dead ends. It's more like your your uh, map, your Google map, or somebody saying recalculate, <laughs> recalculating. It's like okay, we're we're going to figure out a different way, and that that's pretty positive. But I'm not going to discount for a moment the the emotions surrounding rejection when it happens. They can really be hard. And I think um, it's good to look at that. We're going to look at that a little more closely now and just see, well, we're responding emotionally. That's inevitable. What kind of rational thought can we bring to this? And I've mentioned a few things already. Um, how can we talk ourselves down from what could potentially be a pretty bad uh, spiral downwards of rejection because immediately it feels like I'm a loser, you know, nobody will ever love me kind of thing. And I think the biggest, one of the biggest things to try to avoid is catastrophizing this when it happens, making it bigger than it really is. And this is so easy to do, right? As soon as something bad happens, like, oh, why did I bother? I'm no good, la, 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 right? Um, very human. <laughs> but realize that rejection from a specific gallery, organization, or person, that's exactly what it means. It's that gallery, that organization, that person. It doesn't mean that you don't belong in galleries, you know? Like, it's just... Um, that that gallery didn't want you, but your intention of applying to galleries still holds. And 
no matter what reason, for what reason, they, for what reason they rejected you, you can believe it's that individual situation. That said, I will say right at the beginning of this, it is always good to be objective about your work and to get input about your work. It is possible you're not ready to apply to galleries. It's possible that you're way overshooting and being open to that feedback, feed, cut that out. Being open to that feedback and trying to be realistic about where you're at is important. And I, but I'm talking more about somebody that's had a certain amount of development in their work and a certain amount of recognition. And it's a stage of life where you're, you are applying to a lot of things. You're, you're trying to get your work out there. Um, I mentioned being open to other paths. Uh, whatever you were pursuing when you got rejection, rejection is just one option. And so there are other ways to go about this. Acknowledging the odds. Um, when the odds are stacked against you, then you're probably going to get a lot of rejections. So it's kind of like um, when kids are applying to college, you know, and they have like their safety schools and their, their go for it aim high schools, you can do both things. You can apply for things that you're pretty sure you want and you're pretty sure you have a good chance of getting. And at the same time, you can go for something a little more out of reach. And you have that, you have that more sure thing. Now, it's never sure, but more likely thing to happen that can help you build your career and help your resume. Sometimes Bad news doesn't just happen on its own. Sometimes there's a whole string of rejections. And this is really danger zone, I think, for your emotions when they start piling up and you say, wow, you know, I didn't just get one rejection. I got five in a row or something. I think the key here is to recognize that they are not, probably not actually connected to one another. That is just the way the chips fell. And each one is a response to a particular circumstance of the rejecting party. And so um, another time, you might have a whole string of successes and feel really good about things. This is kind of getting back to that ebbs and flows conversation. Uh, so the, the string of bad things doesn't mean to give up, but it can make you definitely make you feel that way. So you know, again, trying to stay objective, willing to work to improve, um, and possibly admit that your work is not at the point of getting whatever it is you're going after in your career, taking, you know, a good look, asking advice. But most of the time, rejections are the things we've said. They're the result of circumstances. They're the result of, yes, your work is fine, but it's not what we want right now. And or you're competing against so many other people that it's very hard to stand out. Yeah, I, I think that one of the big struggles is is really spiritual in this in this whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, there's times when you kind of feel at tune with the universe and everything is kind of going your way and things are just coming really easily. Yeah. And there's times when it feels exactly the opposite. Yeah. And I think that. At those times, it's it's important to acknowledge that there's something just kind of out of tune with your whole mm. approach to the whole thing, yeah. and, and really focus on on just trying to regain that that connection with 
everything else around you. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. When we feel like we're we're trying very hard and things aren't happening, you know, it, it is time for self-reflection. And maybe you are a little bit out of tune with your work. Maybe you've been striving and striving with things that have, have reached their highest potential uh, at the moment anyway. And it's time to take a step back and maybe try something new or try a different approach and and focus on on what has gone right mm-hmm. and and really express gratitude we talk about that a lot oh, express yeah. gratitude for um, the maybe the gallery relationships or the customer relationships that you do have that are strong absolutely um, and really focus on on the things that have gone right and express gratitude and and mm-hmm. try to regain that that sense of connection that yeah. led to those relationships. Right. And, and the, you know, the kind of the, some of the things I was talking about how to handle rejection are kind of like, don't do this, don't do that. But what you're saying is, yes, do try to express gratitude, uh, find some meaning in this whole thing. And also to, to be proactive, to do things. And we mentioned that in our last podcast as well to, to take steps because, Whenever you just sit around and feel upset about things, if you start, you're starting to dig yourself into a hole. And the more you can think of, even if it's small things, even if you think, well, maybe I'll, um, you know, try some new idea that's, it's not huge, but it's a new door and just go for it. And it, it honestly, I can speak from personal experience. It really does help. It helps open your mind. It helps you feel energized, and it helps you say, "Well, my time will come again." You know, I, I will. I will stop getting so many rejections, and I will start to find my new way. Yeah, and and I think also it's important to to have the mindset of I'm ready for what's going to come. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If you if you have a mindset of Good things are coming and I'm ready for them yes. because I realize that when good things come, it's a whole lot of work. It's it's oftentimes when things are not happening for you, it's frustrating. It can be um, very off-putting dealing with all that rejection. But when acceptance comes, suddenly you have more work than you know what to yes. do with. <laughs> and you, you need to be mentally prepared for that. Yeah. And, and I think saying, I'm ready for that to come. I'm ready for the work that I know that I'm going to have to do yeah. as soon as that, that acceptance and that success comes my way. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, it hey. prepares you mentally and it puts something out there into yeah. the universe that says, send things my way. Yeah. It paves the way. It sets it all up and um, it, ke- it keeps you from being not ready from being like oh really all of a sudden you want me you know <laughs> it's like actually i have work for you i have things to send you because we're on we're on a good road here so yeah very good point and the, and there's so many things in the entire life of the artist or entrepreneur that get back to these very core things this um gratitude positivity and so on that we talk about so often um they're hard they're hard to maintain but practice helps and you'll get one thing we know about this you will get practice at rejection <laughs> that's about the one thing we could predict here everybody deals with it even the most successful artists and a lot of times those initial rejections sometimes you can turn those around 
Uh, it's not necessarily the end of the road for that gallery, for instance. If if they reject you once, you may revisit that in a couple of years and your work maybe has gotten to the point where they are wanting to represent you or that artist who you were kind of similar to is no longer being represented there. Uh, things change. They absolutely do. And and sometimes even a gallery will give you a sort of soft rejection and they'll say, you know, we're not interested right now, but check back with us in six months or something because they're open to exactly what you just said. And it's easy to interpret that as a hard rejection and just say, oh, they're just telling me that. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that gallery owners are very busy people and they wouldn't be telling you get back in touch with me in six months unless they actually wanted you to. Right, right. And they uh, most of them don't have any trouble giving you a hard rejection. So, <laughs> you know, no, go away. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, do you have any ideas to wrap up this episode or? Um, I think we've pretty much covered it. It's um, obviously um, being emotionally crushed by rejection is, is a hazard of an art career or any entrepreneurial venture. Or um, just living life. Yes, yeah, just living life. And I think, and as we said earlier, looking at the times you have weathered rejection in whatever form it's come to you in your life and you've gone on and you've learned things, that's what you can bring every time it happens, large or small, and there will be little rejections and there will be big rejections. And as I said just a few minutes ago, everybody experiences these things. They, they tend to become less as you go on and your career becomes more successful. And then maybe you're less prepared for them when they do happen. Uh, but they, they do continue to happen. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to reiterate, to prepare yourself mentally for success. Um, because a lot of times rejection, it can be emotionally crushing but a lot of times it's actually almost easier than success it's it's easier to say oh well ho-hum you know i guess i'll yeah crawl back in my hole <laughs> exactly and and when success comes it's it's a lot of effort that it requires from you hmm. and it's it's important to prepare yourself mentally for that that sounds like a new podcast topic to me <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com, as well as www.rebeccacroll.com, and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody. 